0: My name's Colby, I'm a physiotherapist, I work for Neuromoves, I've been a physio for 13 years now, Uh, I specialise in neurological rehabilitation but I also have a second specialty in aged care and falls prevention so they're kind of my two areas of interest and expertise throughout my career, I've really stuck to those as my main my main items of interest.
1: And just before we begin on what we're going to talk about today, can you just go into a little bit of detail about neurological conditions? So
0: when we're talking about neurological disorders, it's anything to do with the brain or spinal cord. Uh, and there are so many different conditions and so many conditions that we're still sort of discovering. Uh, and there's some generalised conditions too. So us being Neuromoves, part of Spinal Cord Injuries Australia, it's, it sort of um, infers that we specialise in spinal cord injury, which we definitely do but we also branch out into all other neurological conditions because it's a very similar treatment method. When we're talking about the brain or the, the spinal cord, it's all the central nerves, central nervous systems. So we're treating most of those conditions with a very similar strategy. So that's why we kind of branch out into treating all neurological conditions. So that's including your MS, your Parkinson's disease, um, pretty much anything that's happening through the brain, strokes, um, as well.
1: Today we're focusing on shoulder health. So what does shoulder health mean? Colby, tell me.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting um, an interesting topic that's sort of been coined by us uh, in the health, uh, the health industry. So uh, it's not really anything specific. It's kind of just the easiest way to describe how do we make sure someone's shoulders are going to handle the new forces on them. Uh, that is sort of Force upon them from be, being a chronic wheelchair user or a permanent wheelchair user. Um, so it's really how do we keep our shoulders healthy with the new demand that's put on them. Uh, it's something that they're not designed for. So really keep them healthy, reduce the risk of injuries. What do we do to do that? That's kind of the shoulder health in a nutshell.
1: So I was thinking about it before um, we started recording and I was looking through the notes um, to get ready. And something that occurred to me, which hadn't occurred to me before, because I'm a lifelong kind of not wheelchair user per se, I was on... Canadian crutches for about 15 years and then I switched over to the wheelchair and so my shoulders were always doing something but for somebody who has you know for one reason or another um, gone from being a lot more like able-bodied to now using their shoulders a lot more my shoulders and their shoulders are not built the same and so I guess there's a whole other level when it comes to shoulder health because you're coming from an area that your shoulders had never taken on this much impact never taken on this much work and now it's doing all of it plus more yeah
0: definitely definitely and I think that the other thing is the 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 amount of it's just vital for your shoulders to be able to do that work for someone's independence. If you lose the function in your shoulders, how many daily tasks are you then inhibited in? So it's such an important thing. And I think it's really, really important to think of how your shoulders are designed. Um, they're not designed to, to, Bear weight that that's not their design at all they're not designed to do that and that's what they're forced to do to keep someone's independence so it's really interesting to think of that design factor and then what they are forced to do how do we make that a smooth transition or as smooth as it can be
1: okay so take us through the function of a shoulder joint and the things that we need to start considering
0: Yeah, definitely. Look, I always like to think of a stable versus a less stable joint. So the easiest joint to think of is something like your elbow or your knee. It's a hinge joint. It goes two directions. Pretty simple. That's a very stable joint. Think of a door. A door is pretty hard to knock down uh, unless you're Superman. Um, But basically, (laughs) really, really stable joint. Then you've got your ball and socket joint. So that's what your shoulder and your hip are. So basically, a ball that fits into a socket... And it moves around, so you're kind of sacrificing that stability for mobility. And I think that's something that's really important to think of. Now, we always think of the hip. The hip is a very, very stable joint. You've got a big bony sort of um, a ga- a gap or groove that your ball is going to sit in because it's a weight-bearing joint. Now, the difference with the shoulder is you've still got the ball from your arm, but you don't. You no longer have that sort of gap, that bony gap. It's a flat, actually, a flat pad that the, it sort of sits on the bone. Uh, a tiny little in groove for it to sit in there. So the ball and socket is actually a, a general flat socket and a ball, and then it's held together with soft tissue. So that's sort of where you get the, all of the amazing movements that your shoulders are getting. So your hips will not move as much as the shoulder, but you also, you lose that stability. And I think that's something that's really important to think of when you then are using it to bear weight with your transfers, lifting your body, moving yourself around, pushing a wheelchair, especially going up hills. You're now trying to go, all right, what's actually keeping that stability? And it's the soft tissues.
1: Yeah, okay, so let's talk about the nature of some long-term stuff. So if we're talking about, you know, pushing a wheelchair for a long period of time, and by that I mean not a long period of time, you're, like, not doing, you know, hours and hours, or maybe you are, I don't know. Just being a wheelchair user, using um, your shoulders to push yourself if it's a manual wheelchair, even if you're using one that has power assist wheels and, you know, people who... um. You know, using wheelchairs, the next the next most important thing or maybe the most important thing is literally like the ability to transfer from your wheelchair to anything, really. Talk about how it's going to affect everything.
0: There's kind of two different things. There are your transfers where it's kind of a, a short-lived, intense amount of effort and weight bearing. So the tricky part there is you're putting a lot of weight, your whole body weight, through your shoulders, which they're not really designed to do. They can do it here and there, but when we're starting to talk about doing that Every single day, multiple times throughout the day, you're really starting to load those joints up in a way they're not designed to handle. So, as I was saying before, you've got those soft structures. The main thing is what we call the labrum. Basically, it's the cartilage of the shoulder, and that's what's going to start to have that impact. It's going to wear out much quicker because it's uh, not—it's doing something it's not designed to do. So, you're starting to get those arthritic changes come through much, much quicker. So, it's really going. What can we do to delay that? Um, Because it's pretty much inevitable. Everyone's going to get arthritis after using their body. That's just how it goes. The idea is how do we try and delay that and keep it as um, comfortable for you as possible because you don't want to be living in pain either.
1: Yeah, so what are some of the strategies that you use?
0: Look, the strategies all rely on starting with the shoulder blade. So really think, I always like to think of it nice and simple. Think of a tower. You really need that solid platform for everything before you start thinking about building that tower up. And that solid platform are your shoulder blades. Make sure your shoulder blades are strong at being stable so you're not getting too much movement through the shoulder when they're doing the tasks that they're doing. You also can start to distribute the load through other structures. So instead of just hoisting yourself through your shoulders specifically, you can start to spread the load through your shoulder blades, through your spine, through all of those postural muscles to try and make sure everything is contributing and you're not just wearing one thing out. You're trying to get let everyone, uh, everything do its part.
1: Do you mean falling out of your wheelchair?
0: Yeah. So I think this is something that I'd like. I think it's important to talk about. Um, people with neuro conditions are going to fall a lot more. People in wheelchairs are going to fall a lot more than the general population. That's how it goes, especially when you're transferring using your shoulders you're not going to have that same stability falls are going to happen Ah, yeah okay and the problem with falls which is what we'll also link into what we're going to talk about next the problem with falls you need to have your legs to try and support and reduce the harm when you don't have control of your legs you're in a wheelchair you're using your shoulders to do that job and that is just exponentially increasing your chance of injury in the shoulders
1: so then, okay, so now it's all coming together because I remember all the times that I'd fall out of my wheelchair and then my wrists would take on the brunt of the impact Yeah. and you would instinctively just, like, open your hands to, like, try and stop Definitely. yourself, right? Yep. So I guess I've been in a very fortunate position where I've never, I've never injured myself even on an aggressive fall in my actual wrists or shoulders or anything like that. But I guess... It all kind of like reverberates into the shoulders, into the back if you are continually. And I know that there's technology now that's for wheelchairs, you know, front wheels, uh, free wheels that basically mean that your caster wheels aren't going to knock anything for you to be able to fall out of your wheelchair. But if you do fall out of your wheelchair and you're taking on the brunt of the force of literally falling without the ability to, you know, I guess I don't actually know. I don't actually know what part the legs play in a fall because I've never had to use that capacity. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um,
1: but like what I do know is that it's definitely shocking,
0: right? A hundred percent. And that's it. And now uh, we, we actually have an acronym for in the physio world. We call it a FUSH fall onto outstretched hand and that is just the mechanism of injury for all heaps of different shoulder injuries and that's just our our natural reaction is if i'm falling my brain goes protect the central system protect your brain protect your head so your arms are going to naturally go out and take that force force just doesn't stop though it's going somewhere and exactly as you're saying it's going into your wrists elbows are pretty stable joint it will most likely go straight through your elbows and then your shoulders are going to act as that little um, airbag per se because your shoulder blades and shoulders can move a little bit so they're going to absorb most of the force so they're really the ones that are going to prevent that injury um, but it's also the one that's going to take a lot of that force to try and save the head and that's what it's all about.
1: Strengthening the muscles is very important. Do you want to talk a a bit more about that?
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, I think this is something that falls is something that are are going to impact the shoulders. There's not too much we can do about that. It's just making sure the shoulders are prepared for that and we've got them strong in the right areas and that's what's really specific about this. We really want to make sure your shoulder blades are very strong at being able to hold towards each other. So you'd think as long as your chest is opening up, your shoulder blades are holding you in a much more advantageous position to try and spread that load throughout the shoulders the shoulder blade and your spine and neck. As soon as your shoulders start to come forward, so I always think of your ears, as soon as your shoulders are in forwards from your ears, you've actually elongated those muscles in between your shoulder blades, which makes make them much weaker. Uh, it just means your posture is much harder to activate. So you just start to use your shoulder muscle for everything. As soon as you can get those shoulder blades towards each other for exercise, you're going to make your life much easier.
1: And this also transfers into like literally transferring as well, right? So it's not
0: all shoulders. Literally literally everything. Everything you do should be with your shoulders slightly pulled back towards each other. There are a few exceptions. So uh, if someone has... Um, a, a high level quadriplegia they no longer have um, let's say above C5 uh, below C5 then what they're going to do is they're going to lose the ability to use their triceps, they have to use their their pecs to try and do transfers so they're sort of relying on an adaptive method already but anyone else really you're thinking we want to try and keep you strong in that backwards position to make sure everything contributes uh, and it just means you're not going to wear out the front part of your shoulder and that's the part that wears out the quickest because it's the one that you're taking the weight through with your transfers. It's the one that does most of the heavy pushing and supportive work when you're pushing a wheelchair especially when you start to go uphill. It's a lot more force um, when you're having to try and go up there. You would know as soon as you have the incline, you're working much, much harder very quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's really going. Let's make sure those shoulder blades can keep everything a bit more stable and just spread that force a little bit. The second one is making sure they stay low. Shoulder blades need to stay low. As soon as you start to struggle your shoulders up, what you're doing is you're starting to use your neck muscles and throwing your posture out again. As soon as you keep your shoulder blades low, you're recruiting some of your strongest muscles, which are your lat muscles, at trying to help with that power. Much easier to use your other strong muscles if you've got those shoulder blades set and held down in a good low position.
1: I am I mean, I'm, no one's seeing this podcast. I've just spent the majority of time going down low, up, shoulders <laughs> yeah. low. Um, so talk about i'm not going to say this right scapular rhythm oh my gosh colby what am i talking about
0: <laughs> colby what am i talking about yeah. <laughs> this one this one does not flow off the tongue at all scapulo humor rhythm basically, it, it's trying to make sure that we coordinate our shoulder blades with our shoulder muscles. So it's one thing to say, let's strengthen our shoulder blades. Then you think, let's just strengthen our shoulder and our arm muscles. You're thinking something like bicep curls. But that's easy enough. You follow a simple recipe. Where it gets trickier is to try and coordinate the two together. So as I was saying, really important to spread that load. Now, how do we make sure that we can spread that load and get both of those groups of muscles working as a team? And that's where it gets pretty tricky so this is where your exercise regime is going to start looking a lot more um a lot different to what your regular gyms are going to do so you start to do all these different random movements the main thing is we want to make sure in the background your shoulder blades are holding a stable position without you having to think about it whenever you do something with your arms so we're trying to make sure your shoulder blades are active keeping everything in a stable position your arms can go about their daily business and we want to get that rhythm correct so it's really thinking how do we train your brain to activate your posture muscles whenever your arms are doing anything and it will impact your whole body, it will impact your balance, it will impact your neck pain your back pain, as soon as you can get those working together you're going to make all these functional tasks much easier and it doesn't just stop at functional tasks you're thinking your transfers you're you're thinking moving you're thinking anything that you're doing you're going to make all of that a little bit easier.
1: Um, Now something I am very well versed in even up until recently is injuries Uh, in my shoulder socket I ripped my shoulder socket apart in my right um, arm now for people who may not be in their Geriatric millennial years Like (laughs) you and I both are Wheelchairs used to be so heavy Like the technology of wheelchairs Being going from like If anyone's tried to push a I don't know A very heavy hospital wheelchair That used to be what somebody's everyday wheelchair used to be. And so I have ripped uh, my right shoulder. I've torn my pectoral muscle. Um, Recently, I gave myself whiplash uh, doing um, some dance competition, something, something, and it all affects the shoulders in one way or another. So let's talk about proper rehab after an injury because injuries are inevitable.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, I think it's really important to understand the main sort of injuries. Look, I'm always all about prevention If you can start exercise before you've got an injury, um, you're going to prevent it more often than not rather than having to treat something that's come along. And exactly right, when you start to do everything you want to do, you're going to have that risk. There's always that risk of um, in, injuring yourself. So I think it's important just to think what is what exactly are you injuring because the treatment methods are going to be slightly different. So the number one thing that I hear um, is that rotator cuff. You get that rotator cuff tear. I hear it a lot with people um, getting into it out of a car, getting... Um, Basically, it's a little bit awkward. It's a long-distance transfer. Your shoulders are doing a little bit more work. And then exactly as you were saying, you're having to lug this huge wheelchair. There there is some amazing tech to try and help with this these days. But a lot of the time, you're dismantling a wheelchair from a disadvantageous position. You're lugging it across your body into the car. There's a lot of stress going through your shoulders in different positions. So usually what's happening there is you're going to damage your rotator cuff muscle. As I was saying before, shoulder joint, ball and socket, but the socket is kind of flat. It's being held together with soft tissue. Now that soft tissue, the main thing holding it together is your rotator cuff. Basically a group of four muscles that connect all the way around that ball to try and lock it into that position whenever you're doing anything. If you put too much pressure in one of those directions, you're going to tear a rotator cuff muscle and it's a very frequent occurrence. If it's not a full-grade tear, it's usually going to heal relatively well, uh, but it's a slow-going thing. Tendons do not have great blood supply. Your rotator cuff for a group of tendons which are attached to muscles. So when you do injure them, it's a slow-going rehab journey and you're going to lose stability in that one direction. Um, if you've got those four muscles, you've still got a bit of stability in that joint, but you're going to lose that stability specifically in that one direction. Um, so it's really important to go, all right, we need to get that stability back as quickly as possible. Without that stability, you're going to start to degenerate that joint really, really quickly in that specific direction. The tough thing is if you've injured a rotator cuff, it's usually doing something that you need to do for function. So you have to get better at that because otherwise you're not going to be able to do that same thing the same same way you were so it's really important to start to rehab that appropriately Um, i think it's important to know exactly what the injury is and then we can start to treat it There are a few injuries in the shoulders that are a bit more severe, so I did talk about your labrum before, so it's kind of your cartilage of your shoulder. If you tear that, I like to think of it as a sheet of paper, it's going to keep tearing if you don't get it fixed. So pretty much if that's an issue, you should know pretty early it's very, very painful, very hard, your shoulder's clicky, it's um, tough to get into certain positions. Then it's kind of, we need to get that surgically repaired as soon as possible to prevent further damage. Uh, and then it's the rehab after that, get yourself back to what you need to do. And it's all about just pacing and trying to find new ways to do things. And I think that's w- what's really important. Find a different way to do something for the time being uh, and then get that shoulder back to where it needs to be. Prevent that chance of re injury.
1: When somebody injures themselves and they are, you know, they are wheelchair users, so there is never really. Uh, going to be a time where they're going to rest their shoulders ever is it important for people to have uh, i guess a more realistic view of how long the rehabilitation is going to take i know you talked about it being long term before a wheelchair user or somebody using something where it's very shoulder heavy the time taken for somebody to be able to rehabilitate is going to be much longer than somebody who's not using their shoulders at all, yeah?
0: Definitely, definitely. And look, I I am a huge believer in we live in a technological world. Use it to your advantage. I think like most people in wheelchairs, really need to think, what are those options to try and keep my shoulders... Uh, Give them an option to have a rest. So I tell everyone, like, really explore those power assist options very, very early, even if you don't need them 99% of the time. To have that to fall back on is just such a huge weight off of your mind Uh, and just to know that you have that option to get around somewhere as well. Same with transfers. It's amazing to be able to transfer without anything be comfortable with a slide board. Know how to use a slide board. You're going to put a lot less weight through your shoulders uh, if you've got something like that to help with transfers, if you need to fall back on it. If you have all this stuff prepared in advance, then you're going to be able to just give yourself a relative rest. There's no such thing as a rest when you have to move around every day, but think about that relative rest. There is going to be those aggravations of the injuries a lot more because you need your shoulders to do everything. Uh, And look, once again, the idea is learn a different way to do it for the time being because other Otherwise, it's going to be a slow, slow journey, especially when it's already a slow journey with um, repairing those structures or rehabbing those structures.
1: Yeah, because prevention is better than going into a surgical option.
0: A hundred percent. And look, generally, we try and go aim for conservative management which is your rehab first if that's not working then you think about surgical intervention the tough thing with shoulders they're a complicated joint surgical interventions have a varied success rate Um, usually when it's a, a bit simpler of a joint they can go all right we're pretty confident we can get this better than it was with shoulders it can sometimes it can be worse sometimes it can be better it's not always as successful as other joints
1: thanks so much Colby a pleasure